0: Hello, welcome to this week's episode of the Empowered Artist Collective podcast. My name is Jennifer Apple. She, her, and this week I talk to Corey Leger about building a dream life, redefining success for yourself, and bringing more ease and alignment into your life. Now each of us come from a different perspective in understanding some of the words that we discuss like goals and vision, as well as finding balance and harmony. So we each share our own interpretations around this, but we have a very candid conversation around unpacking the need to ask yourself why you want the things that you want, why you have the dreams that you have why you desire the things that you desire in an effort to gain clarity for your life. We also talk about cultivating unification around all these aspects of your life, what a quote-unquote work-life balance can look like, and the importance of expressing yourself in all of its form. Enjoy! Hi, Corey Leger. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm good. I feel like that was a very sultry, sultry <laughs> intro, <laughs> and I kind of somewhat apologize. Um,
1: With this, a whole new tone for this Literally episode.
0: this oh. <laughs> very different podcast. Um, hello, everyone. Welcome. <laughs> How are you today? Who are I'm, you today? Well, you know, here we are.
1: I'm so good. Um, who am I today? Today, I am an actor and a voiceover artist and a mom. Mm-hmm. Um, and a filmmaker and just a a person living creatively and intentionally,
0: we love that part. the latter yeah. part specifically, the intentionally. How do you gauge for yourself when you are being intentional?
1: I have always been kind of like a a goal-oriented type A type person. Mm-hmm. So for me, knowing what it is that i'm I'm working towards and what it is that i'm I'm trying to do, not only on like a a singular goal level, but like with my whole life, Mm -hmm. um, as far as like the type of life that I'm hoping to create for myself and for my family. Every day I check in with what that dream life is for myself. So if I am living in alignment with that dream life, then I'm living intentionally. And if things are out of alignment with what it is I know that I actually truly want, then that's the time for me to reflect and to look back on, you know, what isn't what isn't working, and why isn't it working? and And what kind of tweaks do I need to make in order to kind of get back to that that dream spot for myself?
0: Well, this is a perfect segue into this episode <laughs> in my brain. Um, I mean, rewind a little bit about that in how you have become so clear <laughs> or, or maybe perhaps if you feel comfortable sharing like what in this current stage of your life those things are and how you kind of take steps towards it, we can kind of yeah. go from there. Yeah,
1: absolutely. Um, so I'm going to kind of backpedal a little bit to Please. when I wasn't living aligned. and. I want to caveat, like, obviously not every single day is like this dream sure. perfect. like, like. Yeah. But it, <laughs> no, I just like live with fairy tales all day. Every I day. mean, you yeah. might,
0: some people do. And I, you know, <laughs> that is a life that I don't understand and lead. So
1: <laughs> me neither. And especially as both a, a human parent and a pet parent, yeah. we know that, that oh, is, yeah. there are lots of things out of our control, mm-hmm. Um, but it's about the things that are in our control for me backpedaling. Um, I as an actor, I was told for so long what type of career I needed to have in order to be successful. Um,
0: Yeah,
1: yeah, exactly. For and for those that are listening, in quotations, what is success, right? But. I was told, you know, um, I I tend to focus on on on-camera acting, so like the series regular, on a network TV show, like that's the dream spot. That's exactly what you want to be living. And I was like, yeah, 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 cool, cool, cool. Except I also want to be a present parent and Mm -hmm. have children and be able to volunteer at their school and like go to their softball games. Mm -hmm. And those two lives were so at odds with themselves because the like – 12 hour workdays that so many series regulars do five, six days a week, nine plus months out of the year. I was like, that doesn't line up with the type of family life that I want to have
0: mm.
1: while I have small children. And I was so at odds with myself for so long because I didn't think that I could want anything else as an actor. Like, mm. there was no a- alternative that was ever presented to me as, um, as also being a valid definition of success and a valid definition of right. like making it quote unquote as an actor and living a, an actor's life. Yeah. And I didn't even realize for so many years that those two desires in my life were at odds with each other. Like mm-hmm. it just was compartmentalized so much that I was like, Yeah. I want to be a mom one day and this is kind of the type of mom that I want to be. And also I want to be a working actor and this is the type of working actor that I want to be. But I'm one person and I'm Mm -hmm. living one life. And if those two pieces of my life are not compatible with each other, then there's no way to be working towards both of those dreams simultaneously without conflict. Mm. And once I finally was able to define that for myself and and re-look at my definition of like what exactly I wanted out of my life. What did I want my life to look like in the next year, five years, 10 years, however long, until I was able to find a vision for myself that actually worked in all of the domains of my life all at once. That moment when I finally found something that I was like, oh, this actually all works together and i'm mm. excited about this it's not just like oh i'm i'm sacrificing the series regular to be a mom i don't i don't feel that way i don't look at it that way i i have found a definition of the type of creative life that i want to be living that excites me to my core and then oh, i way. it's just like so energizing and that's what you want to Be working towards.
0: How did you discover that? I mean, there's a lot to unpack here in, you know, the what we've been taught narrative, which many of us have been given that narrative throughout our lives, specifically, Mm -hmm. say, in university or, you know, structured spaces. Um, But, like, how did you begin to really suss that out and really get comfortable with your own version of what success is? And I guess getting clear about these two distinct parts of your interest and self that you wanted to cultivate what was yeah. that process like
1: you know it's it was a work in progress for sure like I like writing things down and I like having like visualizations of things mm-hmm. for myself so I literally have like bullet pointed, this is my dream life written up in a document that I read on my computer every single day. Like wow. every day I go through it and I just kind of check back in with myself. These are the things that I want for my life. These are the things that I'm working towards. But as far as how did I get that, I like to, um, I don't know if you've heard of life wheels or like life pies, no. but they're, um, it's like, it's a visual. Uh, I think the first time I ever heard about it was in the artist's way. Basically, I call it a life pie. Some people call it a life wheel, but the idea is like you look at your life in all of these different domains and everybody defines the categories a little differently, but like career, family, play, um, environment, Mm -hmm. those kinds of things. I use those domains to – as like a jumping off point for myself to just do like a brain dump of like (laughs) –
0: I'm interrupting you. I've literally (laughs) used a life wheel to teach. (laughs) And I've never called it that ever. What do you call it? Here is like a – I don't know if I've ever referred to it as anything. I've literally taught workshops and like given that visual and was like, this is a good thing to be – and then it's like create your own version of it and like make your own little pie and like, you know, deconstruct this little pie and give your own percentages for the different areas. Cool, cool, cool. (laughs) cool. I'm on the same page.
1: Using those domains of the life pie, life wheel, random (laughs) – thing you present in workshops that you teach, whatever you want to <laughs> <Right>. call it. <laughs> um, having those categories just as a guidepost to mm-hmm. like get you thinking about all the pieces of your life that maybe you aren't thinking about. Because I, for me, and everybody has the, do- like, the different domains that they struggle to prioritize or struggle to even think about. For a long time, for me, it was self. Like I was so mm-hmm. goal-driven, so like – achievement, achievement, achievement driven that I never would take the time to like just relax and Mm -hmm. like give myself a break. And as a child um, and more as a teenager and like college age, that always manifested in like me getting sick all the time. I was Mm -hmm. always sick because I wasn't well rested. I wasn't You know, I probably was not as hydrated as I should have been just taking care of my body the way that I should Mm. have been, but I never identified it as that. I was just like, oh, I get sick all the time. Like my immune system must not be great. Whatever. I'll push through it because I'm tough. And I've literally performed as Alice in Alice in Wonderland with like a hacking, hacking cough. No, thank you. If you've ever seen Alice in Wonderland, she never goes off stage. Yeah. I was like trying to not die on stage um definitely done theater with like 102 fevers like yeah. the, the types of things that i look back on and i'm like why did i do that to myself but yeah. we're we're taught the show must go on and like it's such a hustle culture mentality of a world that we live in and i i bought into that for an incredibly long period of time um so when doing those kinds of things it, it helped me slow down and look at the domains of my life that maybe were lacking um, that needed needed some attention and needed some love. There was absolutely resistance to that because I was like, I don't need that. I'm happy. I'm good. We're good. But forcing myself to kind of like dig a little deeper and mm-hmm. think a little bit more intentionally about each of those areas and be like, okay, but are are we really? Like mm-hmm. how could this be just like a tiny bit better, like 1% better? Um, one percent more aligned or more um at ease. Mm-hmm. This is over like an incredible amount of time, right? Like the, I heard about people talk about your dream day. Um, I don't like the dream day thing because, as I don't want to speak for everyone, but for me personally, as an artist, I don't have a dream day. Like if my days look the same every single day, that sounds so boring and miserable Mm -hmm. to me. Um, So for somebody to be like, just like do a a visualization of what your dream day looks like. I'm like, I don't know. I don't want every day to be like cookie cutter the same. So dream life made a lot more sense to me personally because I was like, okay, this allows me to think about like the types of work I want to be working on At various points throughout a year, at various points throughout a life, the different projects, trips, you know, family vacations, all the things that like might happen just once or might happen like once a year that wouldn't fit into a dream day or a dream week. Like having the dream life visual allowed me to paint that holistic picture that felt a lot more um, truthful me. Yeah.
0: Did you break it down into numbers or was it more just like, again, like a visual of like a shading or how did you navigate that?
1: Yeah. I I actually don't think about the pie as like a percentage of your life. I think Mm -hmm. about it as these are all the pieces of your life that go together to make one life. And one isn't going to necessarily have a larger percentage than the others. They all should be kind of in harmony with each other, to complement each other and to build the life that you want to be working on. So for me, when I was breaking out my dream life and kind of prioritizing, okay, what are the what are the bullet points that I actually want to be reminded of every day? Um, that was more about what got me excited. And they fit into different categories. So it's not like, here's my like, my dream environment. And here is my dream like, Self-care routine. Well do you it, mind sharing it more specifically? Sure. Yeah, let me let me you think that since I read it every day, I would
0: <laughs> I would like have it memorized um but I well, also I fitting. mean as you're like getting that more in your space like sharing that but also I'm curious if you allow for it to continue morphing. I think that's ah. the thing that when I think about, goal setting. The words goal specifically, honestly, is like a, a thing that I come up against And that mm-hmm. language holds a lot of weight for me specifically, where I hear words and I, I have attachments to it. And I, I know many people feel similarly and goals mm-hmm. feel so defined that for me, it takes away from like flexibility in staying present and yeah. being open to the fact that you don't know necessarily how your life is going to pan out. Even if Mm -hmm. you try to plan it very hard to a T, life still happens. And to be open to it adjusting for me kind of keeps that word goal really hard versus say like a vision, you know, like a vision of your life where you're like envisioning how it will be. And then you can set, you know, markers to get you towards that vision rather than like, this is my goal. And if I don't achieve this goal, then like everything ends.
1: Yes. So I very intentionally never say like that my dream life is my goal because I also have a lot of weight around words. And I use the word goal a lot, but I use it very, very intentionally. Okay. Um, And for me, the word goal, and I work with my clients on this too – There's a difference between your dream life, your goal, and your targets.
0: Wait, Say that silly. There's a difference between your dream life, your goals, goals, and your targets. Okay. Let's break those down.
1: Yep. So the dream life is more like super big picture. Like let me give you a couple examples of some of the things I have on my dream life. Yeah. Um, One of the ones I have is we being – me and my husband. We model creativity, flexibility, and passion for our children, our family values. That's obviously very broad and like yeah. very big picture, but for and me, <laughs> it was so like to be able to define what are the things that our family values and and how do those, you know, creativity, flexibility, and passion, how does that then play into the way we raise our family and the way that we prioritize things as a family. Not going in and breaking down like so that means that we need to like do this every week as a family and we need to do this and we need right. to have this much flex like I didn't break all those things down I'm thinking very big picture here and reading that every day just like fuels me with a little bit of yeah. of joy and like at the possibility um, another one is uh, reminding myself that my focus is on my family my coaching community and my acting. And like those are kind of the the big pieces for me that are the most important. And so that's where, you know, during those periods of time when you have limited attention or limited energy or time, where is my priority going? Mm-hmm. Defining that for myself. And then I have other things on my dream life that are like super specific, like financial goals that are very specific. Yeah. Um, but most of what I have on here is it's the things that excite me, not the things that stress me out because I'm like, how am I going to achieve it? Mm -hmm. It's the, the possibilities of being able to, to live that life. Yeah. One of the other ones I have is that we have, um, both me and my husband were creative partners. So we, we work together on films. And so it's that we have, uh, we constantly have a story or film that we're working on and we produce an average of one film a year. Amazing. So that's more specific, but it's still so exciting to me the yeah. the possibility of like always having a project that I'm working on and always having something somewhere for my creativity to go even when I'm between other people's projects.
0: Yeah. I think, well, first of all, thank you for sharing that. Yeah. And for me, what I'm hearing in the things that you've shared is really what is guiding you or is the emotional pull. Obviously, that's the ideal version of it. But I, at least what I'm hearing is the way in which you're gauging what goes on, say, your goal list or your vision board or whatever <laughs> it is. It all stems from a place of like kind of Marie Kondoing your life. Where you're like yeah. sitting there and you're like, "How does this literally make me feel? Do I like this? Do I want to keep this? And then if not, thank you so much for your time. Graciously, we're gonna make more space for this next thing." Yeah. Is it that?
1: No, absolutely. I I love thinking about it that way because um, I think it's so easy to be like, oh. This is something that somebody told me that I should do. So I'm gonna, I, it needs to be on my goal list. I need to do yeah. it. But if you don't have a strong motivator for yourself, if you don't have a strong why, why you personally want to do that thing, then either you're just not gonna do it and it's mm-hmm. gonna stay on your list forever. And then it's gonna stress you out because you look at this thing and you're like, oh, I've never done this. I'm a failure. Like something's wrong with me because I can't do this thing that everyone tells me that I need to be doing. Yeah. Or you're going to resist and eventually do it, but it's not going to be joyful, and therefore it's not going to be intentional because you're just doing it because someone told you to, not because you understand why, like what the benefit is to you. So you probably won't get the benefit out of it.
0: Well, have you ever found that like there was say something that you were taught or told and that was what you wanted, and then the way in which it was taught or told to you was not serving you, so you had to reframe it? Has that happened?
1: I'm sure it has. I'm struggling to think of a specific example off the top of my head. I guess I
0: ask just because, you know, again, going back to words having meaning, right? If somebody's like, you must be a series regular to be a successful actor. Mm -hmm. So much in there is problematic with words. I would argue with like the must, the Mm -hmm. success part. You know, like it feels very like if you don't, then what is, you know, there's a lot of scarcity in that phrasing of it. But I would argue that many people are told a version of that for many different types of things. And then it becomes this narrative that we tell ourselves. Maybe even just using that as an example. Let's say, you know what? Let's rewind. Let's say somebody told you in your life, you must be a series regular to be a successful actor. What would you do with that if, say, emotionally, you actually really do want to be a series regular, but that phrasing of it comes from a place of lacking in comparison Mm -hmm. and it also doesn't necessarily perhaps work in conjunction with the rest of your life and the way Mm -hmm. in which you want to build your life. How would you say go about breaking that down in a way that you can now reframe it so that it actually does work for your life.
1: Yeah. It's so funny you say this because I was just talking to one of my clients about something super similar recently Mm -hmm. um, because I sent her through this process of going through her dream life and she came back to me and she was like, everything was like contradicted each other. Nothing worked together. And I was like, I'm going to challenge you on that. Did it actually conflict or did your perception of what it means to be a series regular because of how it is typically defined? Is that what was that conflict? Is it truly that those two things cannot exist? Like, and sometimes that is true. If you tell me, I want to work from 3 p.m. to 6 p.m. And I also don't want to work from 3 p.m. to 6 p.m. every day. Well, those things are obviously inherently at conflict with each other. Yeah. But if you tell me, like, Well, I I want to be a series regular, but I also want to be able to be a mom. And it's like, nobody is saying those things can't exist together. And if you haven't found a role model to model that behavior for you, that just means that you need to be the role model for Mm -hmm. yourself. And you need to find the way to be able to define it and to be able to visualize the world where... You do get to do both of those things. Yeah, I think it, the struggle can come from, okay, well, where do I compromise or where do I sacrifice one over the other? But I would challenge you to ask instead, how can both of these things work in a way that I love? In a way well, how that how do I'm you do that then
0: without it being compromising and sacrificing?
1: You need to understand your definition of both, right? And yeah. you need to ask yourself, what is it? At its core, like keep asking why. I want to be a series regular. Why? I want to be this kind of mom. Why? Or I want to be this kind of director, this kind of anything. Just keep asking yourself why, 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 why? Like you're a three-year-old and you just no no other words, and you just keep asking why, why, why? Dig deeper, dig deep, dig deeper, get to the core of it. Because at the core, you might find that what you thought you wanted isn't actually that specific thing, but it was more the emotion that you got from that thing.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And let's continue with a series regular yep. mom example, just because for the sake of having something tangible to grasp yeah, for onto. sure. to. Um, first of all, series regular can mean a million different things. Are we talking about series regular on a network show or a cable show? Right. Are we talking about a mini series? Are we talking about self-produced content, web series? Are we talking about uh, on camera or voiceover, animation, there's a million different ways to be a series regular. Mm-hmm. And all of those different variations have different commitments. Right. You know, if you're if you are Mariska Hargitay on Lawn or SVU, that looks very different than being the series regular on an eight episode miniseries. Yeah. Um, and that looks very different than being a series regular on a popular animation show. Mm -hmm. all of those things look incredibly different. They're all series regulars. So technically, they all fit into that category. But the life that you are able to build around each of those is entirely different. Then from there, you kind of look at the other side of things. So let's say it's you want to be a parent. Um, Okay, well, there are a million different ways to parent. Mm -hmm. And none of I mean, I don't want to say none of them are wrong. Obviously, there are yeah. parenting basic standards. But the type of mom that I wanted to be isn't the only way to be a mom. Like yeah. there are lots of other ways to parent and they're all valid. So getting clear on like, what does that mean for you wanting to be a parent? Well, you can be a parent and be a seri- I mean, she has children. Marissa right. has children. I've actually used to like pass her in New York on our <laughs> way to drop her son off at school. I think, um, love it. Yeah, <laughs> I was like,
0: ah. yeah.
1: Anyway, um, there are plenty of celebrities who also have children. Mm-hmm. It is entirely possible, and you can be a wonderful, beautiful, present, attentive parent, and live that life. I knew that I I struggle with needing flexibility mm-hmm. in my life, so that was another piece of it for me where I was like. I don't like somebody telling me when I can and cannot go on a vacation in a long term. Like I love working on projects and don't get me wrong, I would 100% like do a mini series and be a series regular and animation is like series regular on animation is on my vision board or in my dream life because that fits the lifestyle that I envision for myself more. So it's about giving yourself the time and the space that it takes to allow that idea of the entire life that you want, single life, because we are all one person. We can only live one life. We don't get to like compartmentalize and be like, oh, this is my actor life and this is my family life. Like they do overlap they need Mm -hmm. to be compatible with each other so how do you give yourself the time and the space to find a definition of how all of that works together
0: Mm
1: -hmm. and be flexible with like you said the flexibility you can it it can change you can change your mind tomorrow correct you can 100 percent always change your mind and also there are different seasons of life yeah so like my season of life two years ago before I was a parent looked very different than what my life looks like now. And my life right now is going to look very different than when my kids are in school all mm-hmm. day or when I'm an empty nester. Like mm-hmm. there are all these different periods of time. And so some of the things that you might envision for yourself might be for a different season of life yeah, or a future season of life. Or when you get some energy back, <laughs> because yeah. you're sleeping again. <laughs> and yeah. it's like, oh, I never thought this would be possible again. And now I'm actually getting six to eight hours of sleep every night instead yeah. of like two or three that are broken up by, you know, feeding a baby. Yeah, um, Having that flexibility and giving yourself the permission to say like, you know what? I used to want that and I don't anymore. And that's okay or I used to think I didn't want this and now I do and that's okay. We can we we can change our minds. Yeah. I think I, that there's a lot of concern around picking a thing and then putting yourself in a box and feeling yeah. like you have to stick with it. Yeah. You don't.
0: I think the thing that I keep hearing from you and I think is a wonderful paradigm shift is dear listeners, if if resistance <laughs> is coming up for you in this, I think perhaps a, a helpful tool is really doing it from a place of, A, again, your emotional feelings towards the things and how it actually inspires or not within you as you think about these different parts of yourself in a potential life. But really maybe more like when push comes to shove, that it all stems back to your values. Mm-hmm. And perhaps like, if it isn't necessarily in the beginning aspect of it of like, these are all the literal things on a list that I want of my dream life. It's more like, cool, how do I live my life? How do I want to live my life energetically, emotionally, values-wise, like principally Mm -hmm. speaking? And from there, using that as a framework through which you can then begin to kind of cultivate the world and the life that you want to lead. I wonder Mm -hmm. about that as perhaps an exercise too if it isn't as like – You know, some people may not even know, like, I want to be a series regular. I want to be a mom. Like, it might not be as clear as that. It might be like, I want to be an artist and I'm open to what that is. Cool. Well, then maybe dial that down. What kind of art inspires you? Why? You know, like, what about this is filling you with joy? Cool. Why? You know, and then going down, like, the value path of it rather than, say, perhaps the specificity of the quote-unquote goal of the thing, and then as you get in a – a more, I don't love the word habit, but like a pattern, a healthy pattern of existing intentionally with those feelings. Practice. Thank you, practice, process. Yeah, those words are a little bit more malleable. Again, you're sensing a part of myself that, you know, <laughs> resistance to structure. Um, but anything that allows you to start embracing that in your actual daily life of cool.'m I'm, I'm going to the grocery store, and the way in which I pick out my groceries is done from a place of this. You know, I think it can get that specific and then you start to really see that the decisions that you're making are all in alignment with that. Does that feel like it can live simultaneously with the world that you're talking about with perhaps the like more specific goals? Yeah,
1: absolutely. I think that your goals always need to come from emotion, from value, from your why. Like mm-hmm. why why is this important to you? Why are you doing it? And if it doesn't have that deeper meaning for yourself, then it's worth reevaluating.
0: examining or… Yeah. yeah. Mm
1: -hmm. Exactly.
0: Yeah. Have you been using the same monologue for years and can use a new piece? Are you applying to BA, BFA, or MFA programs and need a monologue for that process? Are you someone who simply has no idea where to search for monologues? Well, lucky for you, I do what is called monologue sourcing, in which I find monologues specifically chosen for you. So many artists use pieces based off external labeling for types and roles rather than find pieces sharing who they really are and what speaks to them. So, we'll meet virtually together, you share who you are as a human, what you love, your dislikes, your values, beliefs, family, friends, love, politics, you name it, I will help guide you through this. And then I go off on my own and find you monologues chosen just for you that fit like a glove. I've been doing monologue sourcing for years as an extension of the coaching I do with artists, and I have found pieces in this way for over hundreds of artists thus far. So if you are someone who wants to feel empowered about the monologues you bring into rooms and use for auditions, I would love to help you find them. And because you are a dedicated listener of the Empowered Artist Collective podcast, I wanna provide you with a custom link to an exclusive rate when you check out today. Head to empoweredartistcollective.com slash podcast promo to register. That's empoweredartistcollective.com slash podcast promo right now. I cannot wait to help you find monologues you absolutely adore. you and i had talked we had sidebarred off of this podcast <laughs> about this and i want as a as a continuation of this conversation kind of chat with you about and this is obviously in conjunction with what we're talking about like balance mm-hmm. of one's life also which i know you define maybe differently um but I think many artists, in the same vein, you know, it's like we we have many a hat that we wear, some of which we don't really love wearing, but are of necessity to be wearing to pay rent and exist on this planet. Um, And then perhaps there's some hats that we wear more often than not because of circumstance, but we really wish we were wearing other hats. You know, you know, let's say somebody wants to be directing more, but they happen to be acting more. Somebody wants Mm -hmm. to be, you know, um, acting more, and they happen to be teaching more. I don't know what it is, but how do you A, define or perceive the word balance or your definition of harmony? And then how as a second part, does one begin to really incorporate that into one's life?
1: Yeah. Um. So yes, I, if people talk about work-life balance, that mm-hmm. phrase in particular just drives me crazy. Why? <laughs> because it implies that there's Two categories of things. And mm-hmm. those are the one, those are the only important things that matter work or life, which I don't agree with at all. There yeah. are and so you're weighting many.
0: them together. Like you're saying that work is the same right. weight as your life.
1: Yeah. If if they are balanced exactly, that means like work is, you know, worth this much and the rest of your life is worth the right. exact same amount, which I don't buy into at all. I've mm-hmm. never I have worked one single
0: "quote unquote" real adult job, which is—are you defining as like a 9 to or
1: It wasn't even a nine-to-five. Okay, which is—I would have said nine-to-five, except that I still had flexibility, which is the irony of it. Like yeah. literally, I'm—it's like a W two
0: full-time W two job. Is yeah. How, I would define – So my- basically by your taxes is how you're defining your work. Right. Yeah. You're like using the governmental system of how you pay your, you know, taxes to the IRS Right. Like, <laughs> as a real job. Understood. Okay, cool, cool, cool. Uh,
1: and, and the definition of like full-time being a 40-hour work week. Right. Um, I have had one of those in my entire adult life, which I'm – 30. Like so, that's you know, I've had an adult life. Um, th- that doesn't mean that I don't work, I've always paid my own way. I just built my own work balance, balance. There's that word again. Um, wow. I built my own work life to work with the type of person that I am. And I am very much not the type of person that can be told, like, you need to sit in an office chair from 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. because I told you so. Right, I'm I'm an efficient person. If I can get the work done in three hours, then I don't want to be sitting here for the six more hours. Like, Correct. sorry, um, it's not that I'm against work. I actually work very hard. I just like working for myself
0: or for. Well, I think kids. it's work. It's like working harder versus <laughs> and smarter. You know, smarter. it's like working smarter. I think is like the phrasing. And frankly, I think during the pandemic, many people and. Some businesses realize like, oh, yeah, like, no, 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 people are working smarter now and now I don't – I can reevaluate the way that we all structure this work situation. But okay, keep talking. Yeah.
1: So that's one reason I hate the word, the balance. But also it implies compartmentalizing. Like your work is here and the rest of your life is here. And as artists, I don't think that's true. There needs to be harmony between – and that's why I like the word harmony – your dream job and your dream life need to be compatible with each other. If those two things aren't in harmony with each other, then there's always going to be that conflict. There's always going to be that tension. Tension causes resistance, causes burnout, causes, you know, all of these problems that, especially for artists, especially for creatives, can hinder creativity. And that is never something that I want. To do to myself to people I work with, um, to you know my peers my fellow creatives, so I believe that you need to find that harmony between the, all of the areas of your life, and that the the value or the percentage. I don't buy that you can break your life into percentages and categories because things overlap, things mm-hmm. stream into each other. My my family life is very tied to my work life, which is very tied to my creative self, which is very tied to myself, my self-worth as a person and my envi- I build my environment around myself to support all of those pieces of my life. Um, you can't see my office, but like I'm staring at a a giant collection of yarn because I'm a knitter in that corner. And then I've got stickers and washi tape because I love bullet journaling and scrapbooking and decorating planners. And my sister's painting is over here because my sister is a painter and she is incredible. We were supposed to go to, um, we were supposed to do a backpacking trip around Europe and then COVID happened. Um, Mm, And I then had a baby and so the likelihood of us being able to do that anytime in the near future is very slim so she made me that painting because it was like well if we went to venice this is what we would have thought. and i like i look around my room and i get excited by all of these things that i see and they're related to so many different parts of my life yeah. but i've built an environment that i feel creative in yeah an environment that lights me up and and gives me the energy instead of sucking energy from me.
0: What I'm hearing from all of this, and it still is tying back to what we were talking about earlier, is just really beginning to cultivate, whether it's the word alignment or balance or (laughs) harmony or unification, or um, it seems like what we're talking at or around is just... The ways in which we can be more curious and frankly mindful of bringing all parts of ourselves into all of the things that we do. You know, I think when I coach, you know, artists that I work with. That is a huge part that we discuss in terms of, say, the audition material that they're going in with, right? Like, A, what are you bringing into a space? Is this a piece that somebody told you you should be doing? Again, the verbiage around that that implies all these things. Or is it a piece that when you read this... On any given day, even your worst day, this is something that you resonate with and a story that you still want to tell. And therefore, I learn a part about you as a human being in addition to the way in which you share your stories, right? Um, How can we better bring of ourselves to the storytelling that we do? You know, I think if I I may be so bold in saying like this whole episode was exactly the point that I wanted to make... (laughs) But no, I think, you know, I, I think what we're saying is really the fact that like your artist self is your personal self, which is your artist self, which is your personal. I mean, it really yeah. is the cyclical thing if we are being purposeful about what we are incorporating into our lives, right? That it's, if I am telling stories that I care about, then they hopefully are in alignment with my values. And by me accessing these values and bringing more humanity to the storytelling, and by bringing more humanity to the storytelling, then it's more truthful. I mean, like all of these things are only helping one be the artist that one wants to be instead of thinking of oneself as a separate identity from the ways in which you are creative Mm -hmm. um, and recognizing that the way you view the world as a creative will also only help the way in which you act as a human being in the world because you view it from a creative lens. You know, obviously this is all around my own life philosophy too and that's (laughs) why you're here. (laughs) but i but i think you know again it's like a helpful reminder that these are only these are only helpful parts right. and that to keep oneself compartmentalized i think is a word that i would use you know and separate is yeah. actually only robbing yourself of being a more full living human being who may struggle and may fall and may um need assistance and may not always know
1: yeah and there's nothing wrong with that.
0: No, like the, if any, I think that is. But that for me that the is, what lives, yeah, it is the point. Yeah, the point. That's <laughs> like what it is to live, I right? Think. Yeah, <laughs> it's
1: not if wrong. You, if you it's have it all, the
0: thing. If you have it all figured out, then what is even the point? Exactly. No, but actually, that you know, yeah. and we again are taught and told that things need to be tied up into these beautiful bows of like having it figured out. Um, and I think that is life's quote unquote goal is to try to get to a point and a place where it feels okay to be in process of figuring it out for your whole life.
1: Yes. I actually so I was just thinking back something that you said that you asked me earlier about yeah. a time when someone said something and I, I needed to redefine it for myself. Yeah. Um I was at a um I was at an event one time where there was a I won't say his name, but there was a Well known, say B list actor there. And it was a relatively small group. And I, for some weird reason, was the only actor there, which like never happens. It was mostly filmmakers. Um, And he asked if there were any actors in the room. And I raised my hand and he asked me if I wanted to be famous. And I was like, I don't remember exactly what I said, but basically I was like, well, fame isn't really what I'm going for. It's more, the stories that I want to be able to tell, and living the life of an artist, and and doing the thing that I love to do, and sharing that with the world. He was like, "Okay, great, then go do community theater and get a real job." Whoa! And I was like, "Uh,
0: whoa, whoa, whoa!" I
1: <laughs> I'm like speechless right now, just reliving <laughs> it. But like, I one, I couldn't believe he said that to me. I was probably like 19 at the time. Wow. Maybe a little older. Um, but I was like. That didn't even move the needle for me. Like, it, like it didn't even make me question what I wanted out of my life. If anything, it lit a fire under me to prove them wrong. Mm. And to be like, no, fame isn't the only motivator for wanting to make acting my job. Mm. And the fact that you told me that as somebody who is successful and who by by
0: standards that you didn't define let's be right. clear
1: truth truth by some, let me rephrase that he is somebody who is i often see working and has worked on big projects that i would aspire to work on mm-hmm. um but he didn't discourage me at all his words yeah. meant not nothing to me, but his words well, clearly did.
0: not because they're bringing it up so
1: right. many years later. But his it, they they resonated with me in the fact that they didn't resonate with me, they they resonated with me in the sense that it didn't scare me off of it at all. Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay, that is your definition of what you think it means to be an actor, and that's not mine at all. And that's okay, yeah. And if anything, it gave me the confidence to be like, this is <laughs> this is not how I define working as an
0: actor. Great. That's one less thing I need to worry about. I I, I have such a problem with that. Like, forget the fact that the entitlement and the, (laughs) like, it's actually more the belittling of the artists who are, say, doing community theater because in their lives, that is what fits within their structure of what they are wanting. How dare you belittle that you are still an artist doing community theater, which yeah. is beautiful if that's what you want to be doing. And please do that. And like people, I think, yeah. Oh my God. That that makes it just because the the entitlement of that and the belittling of any other type of artist who isn't working at that quote unquote caliber he's working at. Right. Taking away from somebody's artistry and somebody's ability to tell stories in any other type of medium, in any other type of platform is so beyond belittling. And clearly I have a lot of feelings about it, as you do too.
1: <laughs> and I feel that way I about the way people talk about different type of theater and short films, like all like... I love the short form content and self-reduced, like, and yeah. thankfully so many people do view that as legitimate art. But sometimes I find, I find people like putting these weird labels oh, on things. Yeah,
0: but that's, but again, like that goes back to everything. There's yeah. these like caveats of like an, a version of. Quote unquote success that has been defined by, Mm -hmm. I'm going to say, the patriarchy and systems, (laughs) like that isn't self defined by what it is that we each individually value. And frankly, the way in which we want to express ourselves and our art. And if your art deserves to be shared in a short film space and platform, then that is the best way to share that art. And if you didn't do it that way, then you have robbed the world of that story. You know, so so like by belittling all these other ugh, by belittling all these <laughs> other mediums of expression, you are taking away people's ability to be themselves and storytell and be artists. And again, we're going back to that cyclical thing that you're not taking that like that is all one and the same. Right. And so it's just belittling humans for who they are and what they and how they express themselves for that. Like I don't even care about like the actual result of it. It's just taking away from what people are and and how they exist. Yeah. Ugh. Well, that was a diatribe I went down. So <laughs> thank you for carrying me on that. No, one. <laughs> you
1: are like I, I'm. I'm like I keep pointing at you. Like you're saying all the things exactly. I personally also feel that way when people talk about children's theater yeah. and like because I I think children's theater is so important.
0: Like, oh, my God. You're showing little kids what it means yes, to express themselves. Of
1: course. Yes, yes. I think it's some of the most important art that can happen. And when yeah. people belittle that, I'm just like, what is so important about, like, h- how do you not see the importance of this? Well, how it's
0: an entitlement happen? thing. And again, yes. it's a, it's linked to money and it's linked to capitalism and it's linked to who can make the most, which isn't about the art. It's about money. <laughs> You know,
1: <laughs> why we see the arts in the schools being just
0: pulled. Yeah, in. exactly. It's not a money maker. And, unless you're, you know, at the top 1% and even that top people forget that even at the top 1% Angelina Jolie is having to audition op, or like having an offer opposite Scarlett Johansson. Like they're still competing against each other. Like, let's be clear, yeah. you know, like maybe they get more of a direct offer and they're not, you know, doing a monologue uh, like on the front of their blue screen, but like, <laughs> you know, but it's still, it's not guaranteed. I, I talked about this in an earlier episode. Um, just like, I remember I watched that J. Lo documentary on Netflix. Um, halftime, I think it was called. Or maybe it mm-hmm. wasn't. Isn't Maybe. I don't know. But she talks about in that it's like she was in Hustlers and she thought that this was going to be the vehicle through which she like wins, you know, an Oscar, if not nominated for an Oscar. And like you see this person who, you know, from any other perspective has quote unquote everything. And then you realize like it's all relative because for her, like that was the next like step in her career and she didn't get it. And you're like, wild. Like this is where you're competing at and you didn't get the thing that you thought you got where if I'm sitting on the comfort of my own home sitting and Netflixing and chilling and watching you Performing at you know the Super Bowl, I'm like, well, you have everything. And meanwhile, it's like it's right. not that right. Again, compare leads to despair, and it's all fucking relative. And it's just yep. if you have a story that you want to share, do it in the medium that you feel is the best way to express yourself, and do not let another human being define that for you. If that is what fills you with joy, and your values are in alignment, and when you think about it, it's you smile, and it, it is enhancing your life. Recognizing that perhaps there are things that will be hard, but it is enhancing your life and making you a stronger, better, more full human being in addition to an artist.
1: And mic drop.
0: Praise be. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Is there anything that is on your heart that we did not talk about as we wind down our time?
1: I mean, there are a million things that are always on my heart. but (laughs) For the sake of not
0: turning this into like a four-hour episode. (laughs) (laughs) No. Um. For anybody who wants to work with you or follow along on your journey or collaborate or any of that, what within your boundaries um, is the most respectful way to reach out? or how can people find you? What are they finding with you? All of that? Sure.
1: Um, so i um I love Instagram. I'm mo- mostly on Instagram. So my handle is uh, creating with Corey. Um, feel free to DM me, tag me in things. I love connecting with other artists and creatives. Um, you can also email me, uh, Corey at dot And, uh, my website's creatingwithcory.com too. So if you want to check out how to work with me, that all that information
0: is on there. Amazing. Um, I'm so grateful to you for hopping on here and going down this, <laughs> this little journey together today. Thanks
1: for having me.
0: Yeah, I feel like if I listen to the timbre of my voice from the start of this conversation to now, she's no <laughs> longer in sultry land. She's in <laughs> she is in a very different place.
1: <laughs> I love it. It's a great yeah. character arc
0: yeah it's truly a character development if we're really if we're really looking at it and defining it as something. Um, I'm really grateful for this convo, and um clearly, the work that you're doing is impacting artists and it's allowing them to, you know, look at their own lives and um, the parts of their lives in ways that hopefully they can continue to um Harmonize, I'm using your words. <laughs> and it. I think that's just a wonderful gift um, and a shift for so many of us. So thank you for the work that you are doing.
1: Thank you so much. Thank you for this podcast. Yeah.
0: In case it wasn't abundantly clear in this episode, your voice as a human and an artist matters, and the way that you express yourself is necessary for the world that we live in. So continue doing what you do, how you do, and where you do it. Please, the world needs you. If you like this episode, please follow, like, and most importantly, review us on Apple Podcasts. This allows us to continue having these conversations, expanding the dialogue, and reaching other ears and listeners who are also wanting to engage in these types of conversations as well. If you didn't like it, just let it all slide. If you haven't yet done so, please follow us on Instagram at Empowered Artist Collective, on TikTok at Empower Artist Collective, more on our website at EmpoweredArtistCollective.com. And if you are seeking some merchandise, we got you in the show notes. As always, I am so, so grateful that you keep on coming back and we will be back again next week. Until then.